0: Welcome to Radical Resilience, the podcast. I'm your host, Pega Kedkodian. Resilience is more than just learning to bounce back from adversity. It is both a spiritual and practical journey of returning to the essence of who you are. With Radical Resilience, life can throw anything at you, and no matter how tossed around you get, no matter how hard you fall, you have the ability to get back up and come home to yourself. Here are the inspirational stories of women who embody Radical Resilience and learn the resources you need to reclaim your passion, purpose, and power. All right, incredible Radical Resilience listeners. I am so excited about our guest today. She is someone who is not only an incredible coach and healing practitioner in her own right, but she's also someone I consider a dear friend and colleague, someone who I've had the pleasure of working with one-on-one as well. So today's guest is the one and only Miss Jocelyn Burke. Welcome, Jocelyn.
1: Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for having me.
0: I'm so excited that you're here and you could join us and share with us your incredible resilience journey, which, of course, I know personally because we've done some work together. Really, when I was thinking about who I wanted to interview for this podcast, you were one of the first people that came to mind because your story is so incredibly inspiring. And I was m- so moved by it, and I continue to be so moved and inspired by what I see you doing in the world and just your incredible transformation. I've been so fortunate to be able to witness your incredible blossoming and growth, and I'm just so moved by it on a daily basis. So I'm so glad you could be here today.
1: Thank you. I'm excited too.
0: Yeah. So, you know, the first thing I'd love for you to share with our listeners is just give us a little bit of backstory.
1: Yeah. So, my story is. Kind of long, but I'll, I'll give you like a, a shorter version of it. Um, I was raised in Long Beach, California, and I experienced childhood abuse pretty early on. And it was really kind of interesting and and complicated because it was outside of the home and nobody knew. It actually happened in a daycare. And when you're a little kid, you don't always know that what's happening is wrong. And it was one of those things where I was very much a people pleaser and wanted to make people happy and just didn't say anything, you know? And so I think early on, I experienced some turmoil and some trauma
0: that uh, was very unresolved and not even, I wasn't even aware of it. Just take a quick pause with that because you said something that's so important. And I think a lot of our listeners can relate, especially if there are folks who are listening who have experienced childhood abuse. Um, you don't know that it's wrong and you don't know what's happening. Um, as someone who's also experienced childhood abuse, you know there's so much confusion that goes along with that. And so you don't know what to do really, or whether you should speak out, can speak out. So I just think it's really important to highlight that bit of your story yeah. And I think something that was
1: interesting was I didn't realize that it was even a thing until later on. So like growing up didn't really phase me at all. You know, I was very passionate, very motivated. I was very inspired to help others. I think I remember being as young as five, like I want to be a teacher. I want to help kids and, and families and all these things. And so growing up, it didn't really impact me until I started having a lot of physical pain, which later on I learned was very rooted in emotional trauma. Didn't even know that the emotional body could create physical pain. And I think that led to more complications when I was in a car accident and- And all of a sudden, by the age of 13, I was in head to toe chronic pain, like my neck, my back, my feet, everything, you name it. And life just got really challenging. And despite, you know, I was really passionate, motivated, straight A student, I just had a lot of challenges that I think not everybody knew how to help me with. You know, my doctors didn't really know what was going on. And of course, I'm not speaking about it, mind you, you know, I'm not telling anybody at this point though I remember about 13 was when my trauma kind of surfaced for the first time like watching a documentary in eighth grade all of a sudden became aware of the fact that oh abuse is a real thing and and it happens to kids and it happened to me Um, that was kind of the moment that I realized I started stuffing and so then the pain kind of snowballed and so as I went into high school I again was very motivated very inspired to to do well and to to make things right, um, but I was carrying a lot and it was showing up in my body my my feet started to deteriorate and it was kind of leading into knee problems, hip problems to the point where I had to quit all sports at 14. My doctors told me I couldn't run. And so a lot of things happened. Um, and mind you, I also started really experiencing the negative side effects of stuffing emotion. So I started having mood swings, started, you know, chronic stress, anxiety, depression, stomach ulcers, my, my body and my mind were just not in sync at all whatsoever. And even though I was going to physical therapy and trying to get help for things physically, um, I still wasn't addressing the emotional roots. And so it just kind of continued. And this went into college um, where I was then uh, put on antidepressants for the first time and anxiety medication, started that whole journey, again, still just totally ignoring the emotional component. I was so in denial. I did not want to go to a therapist. And even though, you know, things were popping up, like I was dating, I was in relationships, my trauma was sexual and it was popping up in my unconscious mind. I was absolutely having memories of it, but I was just totally in denial, maybe told two or three really close friends, but just didn't say anything.
0: If I may ask, how was it affecting you in relationship? Because I think a lot of our listeners can relate to that, you know, having having sexual trauma as a child and sort of the byproducts of that. How, how was it affecting you in your uh, intimate relationships?
1: Yeah. I think a big thing was unhealthy attachments. You mm-hmm. know, like I've been reading a lot recently, especially about secure attachments and feeling safe in relationships. I never felt safe with anybody. And I think There were times where I tried to overcompensate with that, you know, like trying to make people happy and people pleasing, like some of the patterns from really early on, um, were absolutely showing up and also just being attracted to the wrong person or the wrong things in a person, you know, even though the person might've been right and absolutely part of my path. Um, I was attracted to things that weren't good for me. It wasn't healthy. And so I had all these patterns that I was running, um, that made it hard for me to be myself in relationships. Mm -hmm. And also I was, you know, kind of playing in and feeding my emotional stuff that I had going on, the anxiety, depression, all that I was absolutely attracting people and dating people that were making that even louder, if you will.
0: That's incredible because I think so often we dismiss things that happen to us in childhood and don't recognize how much of an impact they have on us as adults. And I don't know who I heard say it recently, but I loved it. And I've sort of taken it on and decided that it's such an accurate depiction that I'm going to share it with people, which is that, you know, we are all just wounded children walking around in adult bodies. And, you know, when wounded children aren't tended to and cared for, they act out. And I think so much of what we see going wrong in the world is a result of wounded children not experiencing that sense of healing.
1: Yeah. So I think it, it started showing in relationships and stress, depression, anxiety, um, got worse in college. In college, I had decided to be super studious and rush through my college experience and I finished at, at 20. So I kind of got everything done early. And I think a lot of this stuff inside of me, was kind of a motivator. Um, and then I was the whole time working with children. So I started working with kids when I was a kid, very much about helping kids with homework and behaviors and things like that. And so at the age of 18, 19, I started doing behavioral therapy with kids kids and by the time i finished college still doing this work i was then into running social programs so i was working with kids with adhd high functioning autism bipolar disorder depression anxiety you name it and helping them develop skills and so a lot of it was mindfulness based social coaching emotional coaching and it was actually through doing that work with kids that i kind of woke up myself you know mm-hmm. i i had an experience of working with a little girl who was 8 years old who had ptsd depression anxiety and was absolutely having all kinds of mood swings and behavioral challenges as a result and I saw myself in her and it it hit me really hard and that was a really hard it was a summer camp so we were together all day every day for weeks on end and by the end of that summer I think I kind of hit a rock bottom you know I realized oh my gosh like this is me and as I was trying to help her I realized I was actually finding tools and things that were helping myself and then as I found these mindfulness tools and started practicing yoga more I started to notice wow my mind and my body have been really disconnected for a long time and PTSD
0: the kind it's what happens, you know. At this point, what was your age? This was 21, 22. 21, 22. And you still hadn't really done any therapeutic work besides nope. the mindfulness and yoga?
1: Nope, not at all. Okay. Not at all. And so that I think was kind of the point where I realized, okay, I have to do something about this, but I was still in denial. So I got workbooks, <laughs> you know, I started out- okay, I'm going to get workbooks. I know how to do that. I love filling things out. I'll do do the easy stuff. Um, and as I got into it, I realized, okay, yeah, I, I probably do have PTSD. I am showing signs of bipolar. I am anxious and depressed. I, I probably do need to find another way. And that's when the universe responded. And I had already completed my yoga teacher training and Pega, that's actually how we met was through core power when we taught there together. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of a sudden I kept hearing these little words, NLP, and they're the, the letters. And I had heard it a few times from a few people. I got myself to a training in neurolinguistic programming, and I realized that my neural functioning and my just behavioral patterns and programs were not in alignment because of all this emotion that I had stuffed down. And that was kind of an awakening for me. I had an experience of Huna, one of the Ho'oponopono ancient Hawaiian forgiveness processes. And Naomi, who actually I think Pega, you said you mentioned you uh, have interviewed already, she shared her story, and it hit me like a ton of bricks. I was like, oh my gosh. I need to go into this stuff. I need to go in and I need to heal. I need to forgive this abuser and I need to really pick my life up and move on. And I immediately, I remember going to PEGA after that training. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I need your help. And I need it
0: now. I remember, I remember, I distinctly remember sitting down with you at uh, swell the Mm -hmm. cafe, the little coffee shop next door to the yoga studio where we were both teaching. And um, I remember having this conversation with you and just, you are so committed and so determined to do this inner work after you'd had your experience uh, at a training with NLP. And um, I, you, know, you are just, of course, a model client, right? Because you're just so good at being studious, as you said, and doing your homework. And, and of course, I was all too happy to, to work with you and it was such a joy. And so kind of share if you would with us what that experience was and what you found was the most impactful
1: I think something that I loved right away was that you, because you and I were working together at the time, we were working as uh, co-leads, I think in the teacher training. And I mm-hmm. loved that you were so willing and able to help me through that dark time. Like, to me, that was absolutely like rock bottom, you know, it was dark. And I think I had just gotten a diagnosis as well. I think it was right before the training, uh, PTSD and bipolar too. So
0: I remember distinctly, you were on medication and one of your goals was to be off medication. Yeah. So we did work with your Psychiatrist to make that happen.
1: Yeah, so I had assembled a team at this time. I had a mm-hmm. psychologist, a psychiatrist, and then that's when I asked you, Pega, to join my team and help me out. And I, I was very passionate about making sure that it was ecological and that it all worked out together. You know, I did want to come off my medication. I realized that that was not the way I wanted to live my life. And I believed that I absolutely had the ability and the power to rebuild my own self to be able to handle the stress that I was navigating. And, and I'm actually amazed at how quickly it happened because I was looking at my notes recently. I think we'd started working together and in April, and then by June, I was off all medications.
0: I do, I remember that, it was pretty remarkable. Yeah,
1: it was like a a lightning speed, like, okay, let's do this. And of course I remember having obstacles and like things came up, you know, I think uh, when you start the healing process, anything that needs to fall away in order for you to become who you are absolutely comes up. So even more things than I could have imagined surfaced and and it was definitely challenging, Um, but at the same time it was easy. And I remembered going through the, the therapy process and the coaching with you, we were doing mostly NLP coaching at the time, and then kind of integrated a little bit of HUNA later. Um, that alongside the psychiatry, like it all just worked out. You know, I think I was really fortunate
0: to have people that were supportive of my clan. And just for our listeners, because some of them may not be as familiar with NLP, neurolinguistic programming, and things like HUNA. So, what we were doing inside of the coaching was really repatterning and creating new neural pathways for Jocelyn in her mind. And we were using a uh, clinically proven technique called mental emotional release. That was primarily what we were using to release old patterns, uh, limiting beliefs, negative emotions that were creating blockages, not only in the mental and emotional body, but also in the physical body. And we did a lot of work with that. And then, of course, later on incorporated HUNA, which Jocelyn has referenced a few times, is an ancient Hawaiian shamanic practice working with energy. And so we did a lot of work and energy healing as well. And then subsequently have also done some theta healing, which is another modality of working with energy. And remind me, Jocelyn, I think we've done how many breakthrough sessions together? Three?
1: I think we did three together.
0: You know, obviously it wasn't an overnight thing, although you did come off your medication rather quickly, but as you said, the healing journey takes time. Yeah. And so over the course of how many years now, would you say?
1: Or 2016. So. Yeah. So
0: it's really been about three, almost four years now and progressively just getting uh, easier and easier. And of course it's an ever Uh, evolving process, right? This human experience, and there's always more work to do. Uh, And I see you just thriving out there now. So tell our listeners a little bit about some of the other practices that you've incorporated into your own healing and resilience. Aside from the NLP and HUNA, um, what else has been really key for your resilience
1: Well, I mentioned earlier, a lot of my challenges were surfacing in my physical body. And so I think another amazing thing that happened when we were doing the work together was I noticed that my chronic pain really started to let go and it wasn't chronic anymore. And I started to be able to pinpoint it and realize, wow, this is absolutely connected. My emotions are creating these physical responses. And so I think I'd already been trained as a yoga teacher and was doing yoga, um, but through our work together, for sure, I I know my yoga practice became a a daily thing, you know, became more of a spiritual commitment. Of this is what I need to show up and be me. I need to be in my body daily. I need to really focus on creating that mind body connection and letting my soul feel good in my body. You know, so yoga has been a huge thing. Um, I absolutely still do release work, the, the HUNA NLP every single day. Um, and then I've also, I remember that about that time was when I committed to my daily meditation practice, just being mm-hmm. in illness. Um, I'm also a big fan of just work that helps the mind and the body connect. Like I get regular body work every other week, um, cupping, been doing cranial sacral lately. Um, big fan of just journaling, you know, attending events. Being
0: yeah. Of- so I love everything that you're talking about here because it so speaks to the radical self care pillar yeah. of resilience, which is that you did all the emotional healing work, which of course is one of the pillars. We you know that there's the healing the heart pillar and of course there's the unconditional acceptance pillar. But really, where you are right now, what I'm hearing is that it, the focus is on the radical self care yeah. healing your body by way of body work and movement and yoga meditation. Uh, and I know that you also are really big on nutrition and keeping your body really well nourished by way of good nutrition. I know you did the whole 30 challenge. Uh, and I know that you're, you're just very mindful of what you put in mm-hmm. to your vessel. So that's a, it's a beautiful thing. I'm so happy to hear that you get regular body work and things like cranial sacral. And I know you've done some ralphing and mm-hmm. certainly acupuncture and all of that. And I just really want our listeners to get that it is such a wholly integrative process. It's not just one approach. There isn't just one road to becoming a resilient human being. I always like to say what makes this radical resilience is that it's a spiritual and practical approach to coming back home to yourself and figuring out who you are and really stepping into yourself wholly and completely and becoming a fully self-expressed, authentic, and empowered version of yourself, which I see you doing now so beautifully. So just tell us a little bit, Jocelyn, about what you do professionally, because I know, you know, personally, you're an amazing human being, just an incredible friend, care for your family so deeply, and that you guys are even collaborating to create some family businesses together and things of that nature. Of course, I, I work with your mom. So Jocelyn's mom is actually on my team, which is amazing to have her. She's an incredible woman as well. I just want the listeners to know a little bit about what you do professionally and how they could get in touch with you if they need your coaching services? Because I know I've referred clients to you for your coaching with kids.
1: So I do empowerment coaching and energy work. So similar with the NLP, HUNA, you know, those modalities. And then I'm also the program director of a company here in San Diego called Club Excite, and we work with kids and families in supporting them in reaching their highest potential. So a lot of students that have learning challenges, behavior challenges, things like that. Um, I run a team of tutors, coaches, and therapists now even that work together to support kids and families. So I do personally coach a few students a year. So I love working with kids. As I mentioned earlier, that's kind of where my, my path originated, was in the field of helping kids in behavior and, and academics. Um, and then I also do coaching with healers that's my, my favorite population people to work with are people who are here to be of service and to create positive change in the world that need support with empowerment and even their families you know I focus a lot on kind of how all of that plays together um, building yourself as a professional being of service and then serving yourself as you serve others um, helping to navigate family relationships kids those kinds of challenges that arise there as well um, but all very focused on empowerment and all very much about helping you reach your goals
0: Amazing. And so, of course, we want our listeners to know about your Facebook group, the Silver Souls Collective, which is geared toward healers and healing practitioners, where they get all kinds of resources and daily inspiration from you. Mm-hmm. So, if you haven't found that yet, check it out on Facebook, uh, the Silver Souls Collective. Mm-hmm. And then, certainly, you can find Jocelyn on Instagram and Facebook as well. And of course, we'll include her handle so you guys can find her there. And if you do want to, book a session with her to do some transformational healing work and coaching, you can certainly reach out to her via email and we'll provide you guys ways to get in touch with her as well. And certainly I'm sure you can do so on social media channels. So I really just want to thank you, Jocelyn, for coming on the show, sharing your incredible story of transformation and resilience. Is there anything else you want to leave our listeners with?
1: The the biggest thing is knowing that healing is possible. You know, like I think I through my work with you. Absolutely. The resilience focus, like I I realized that we all have this ability to heal. And sometimes we think we don't, we think we're broken. We think we're, it's not fixable. You know, we think that there's no end in sight um, and really change can happen in an instant. You know, it
0: just takes that decision and that focus and, and that commitment I love it. Thank you so much for those incredibly inspiring words. And of course I appreciate the endorsement, but more than anything, I just appreciate your presence, your light and your incredible gifts and how you share them with the world every day. So again, if you want to get in touch with Jocelyn, we'll give you ways to do that. And uh, besides that, we're going to go ahead and tune out and we'll be back next week with another incredible guest from my incredibly loving heart to yours with so much love and aloha. Namaste. I'm Pega Kadkodian. Thank you for listening to Radical Resilience, the podcast. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Be sure to go to Apple Podcasts to subscribe and rate. And remember to share this with all the amazing women in your life. Join us next week for another episode of Radical Resilience, the podcast.